Support for industry focus comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with one that has your best interests in mind. Use Rocket Mortgage for a transparent, trustworthy home loan process that's completely online at quickenloans.com forward slash fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, February 23rd, 2017, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I'm your host, Sean O'Reilly, and joining me today via phone is Motley Fool Energy and Industrials contributor, Mr. Travis Hoyam. What is up, Travis? Hey, Sean. How you doing? Very good. How's uh, how's uh, life in Fool Land for you? Going well. It's busy in... Uh solar and energy storage as always so uh yeah just excited to talk about this a little bit um we're not talking about that today but uh what do you think of uh tesla's earnings release did they uh shed enough light on solar city for you they they didn't give us a lot of insight into solar city and now they're they're sort of bunching solar in with their energy storage business um you know just kind of quick look at it uh looks like lar- margins are pretty low although they did say that the solar city side was cash positive. Um, we don't, we're not getting a lot of information as to what they sold to, to generate that cash. Um, so it's a little bit murky right now, but we'll see how that plays out. Manufacturing will be really big in the next six months. If they get their, what they're calling now gigafactory two online, that'll be really big. So we'll see how that plays out. Very good. So uh, I ha- I wanted to have you on, um, on the podcast today because you're, you're kind of my solar guy. Um, and that lends itself, of course, to um, something that we don't, you know, hear about a lot in just the cultural nexus. But you know, even here at the Fool and everything, because it's 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 going to be a big deal, we think. But it's energy storage. So I wanted to kind of talk to you about uh, the companies that are trying to solve the riddle of energy storage. Because I mean, for the last ten years, ever since renewables started their ramp up, I remember when I. And even when I was in high school and Buffett started investing in those wind farms and everything, and then you start to realize that it sounds like a great idea to build you know, a bunch of wind turbines and just put them in the middle of nowhere and everything and then transport the power to the East Coast or the West Coast or something, but you lose a lot of energy. I mean, it's, it's not terribly efficient, and T. Boone Pickens had that Pickens plan, and it, you just lose all this energy. So, really quick, can you just give us a bit of background on you know, how you view energy storage and just kind of a lead in, you know, what what a listener might need to know at this point? Yeah, so I guess to, to kind of um, put it into three different buckets, we've got residential, commercial, and utility scale energy storage right now. And those are kind of the, the three that are developing in different ways. Uh, so, residential would be things like the power wall that Tesla introduced, I guess it's a couple years ago now. Um, And that's going to be storing energy uh, for your use at home. Uh, There's not really a financial justification yet, so there's a lot of ways that could be used, uh, but there's not a lot of them in the field yet. Commercial energy storage is is something that would be at a a commercial building, maybe a factory. Uh, What they're going to try to do is reduce their demand charges. Uh, Commercial buildings have a little bit different rate structure than the typical homeowner has. So they're charged based on their peak demand. So if they can lower that peak, they can save money, therefore justifying an energy storage system. Utilities is really the big market that's growing right now. Uh, They've got a lot of justifications like grid reliability, frequency regulations. They can delay capital expenditures that they might have to put in place. So uh, that's really the big one to watch right now. Everybody's pretty much using batteries uh, as it stands right now. What you're talking about with uh, transporting energy from uh, the middle of the country to to the coast may or may not be um, 
something that batteries would help with. Uh, that might be something that's a little bit longer term, like hydrogen. Um, but right now, batteries is pretty pretty much dominating this market, and residential, commercial, and utility are really the three different places that I'm watching right now. So, um, with the commercial, um, I remember when uh, you know commercial slash residential. I remember when Elon Musk did that whole. You remember he did the whole big press conference about the power wall, and he came out on stage right. and this whole thing. And then there was the surprise. They're like, "Oh, by the way, the building's been running on a bunch of power walls." And yes. is that what you're talking about with commercial, or is that too small? Is my is, is kind of what I'm wondering right now. So you could do that on a limited basis. Um, you, you would have to install a ton of batteries. I think to there run are, your... there are a bunch of them behind them, as I recall. But yeah, yeah, and you could do it for a short amount of time. But but there's no way that the buildings that they were in, I shouldn't say no way. Uh, it's very unlikely that the building that they're in is running 24 seven on energy created just at that building. So, so the idea would be you combine solar with storage, you can, you know, cut the cut your ties to the grid. That's not quite what we're, where we're at today. Uh You may be able to, if you have a factory and, you know, you're running full bore at between noon and four every day. And that's when your peak, your peak electricity consumption is, that's when you might use energy storage. And uh, so you might, might store some energy overnight and use your energy during those hours to reduce your peak uh, charge for, uh, for your facility. So that's, that's really in the commercial space, the applications that we're looking at right now. Awesome. So um, how big is this market? I was surprised when you said that the utility energy storage is really where it's at right now. Yeah. Um, so according to GTM Research, and they do kind of the best work um, in this space. And that stands for it, Green Tech Media, right? I mean, it's, Green yeah. Green Tech Media. Yeah. So so they said that in 2016 we put about 260 megawatts uh, of energy storage in place. That's expected to grow to 478 megawatts in 2017. So if we compare that to the solar industry, they the solar industry put in about 14.6 gigawatts. So this is a really, really so this is like small twenty market. or thirty fold. Yeah, I mean this is. Yeah. Oh, and, and um, megawatts most, versus most gigawatts. I'm sorry. In, okay, there you go. Yeah, most of what was installed in uh, 2016 was really just a couple of very large projects. Uh, the Aliso Canyon. If you remember that uh, natural gas leak that they had? They basically had energy storage come in. Uh, Tesla and a couple other companies were involved in uh, putting in some energy storage that would be able to allow them to hit their, their peak demand times. Um, but, you know, you take out that project and another, a couple other big ones, and, and the market really is, almost doesn't exist anymore. So it's, it's really small, but it's expected to grow by almost 10x uh, in the next uh, five years. So this is something that's, that's really on the horizon. We know it's coming. Uh, it's just sort of undefined what exactly it's going to look like um, like you said, you know, utilities are the ones that are seeing the most financial justification today, but that'll be coming down the line with um, commercial and residential projects as well. Got it. So, um, as things stand now, it's entirely utility scale installations. Um, just for the layman or cough me, what does this look like? Is it a building with a bunch of batteries in it and it's right behind a bunch of uh, a field of solar panels? Like, what does it look like? So, that. That can be the case. Uh, Tesla has built and I think is building another uh, project in Hawaii where they're combining a large solar installation with uh, energy storage so that they can 
provide energy that looks a little bit more like a base load uh, energy store energy source than uh, you know the existing sort of peaks and valleys that come out of um, solar or wind farms right now. Uh, what, what they're doing mostly at the utility scale is basically locating this at transformers or you know kind of the, at their bases of, of uh, infrastructure. So it's it's being tied into the grid and then then becomes a part of the grid asset. Um, and I think that's really the way that utilities are going to look at this. So you mentioned that it's not really being used for renewable? Yeah, well, renewables um, aren't really directly justifying energy storage today. Uh, utilities are really looking at this as a part of their energy mix. So, you know, th- they don't really care necessarily if it's tied to a solar project or a wind project. They, they're they looking at this as, okay, if we've got a a peak demand uh, in the middle of the summer, in the middle of the day. How are we gonna? How are we gonna uh, provide that energy? Are we gonna build a peaker plant? Are we gonna install some energy storage and be able to provide that energy that way? Uh, so, so it's really a more holistic uh, approach that utilities are are taking this taking this uh, energy storage look at. Um, whereas, you know, re- renewable energy companies. It, it's easy to tie those two together, but economically, it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense for a power plant to also add energy storage. So utilities are just kind of, not to mention, they would love to have another item that they can rate base uh, and, and that regulators are going to approve. So that's that's really the way that they're looking at this today. Right. So um, if I'm reading you right, and just kind of bring it, you know, bring everything home. Um, it's not so much, you know, what I originally said, which is, um, you know, having a bunch of batteries in a building behind a bunch of solar panels. It's more um, industrial scale storage, and then, um, you know, you've got all these wind turbines and solar panels that all your customers may or may not have, and you've got this natural gas that's building electricity or whatever, and all that's happening during the day. And most people are at you know home at night and using the electricity. So you want to have the power that you generated during the day for the system, so it doesn't get overloaded or just cost a ton of money or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And and renewable energy has sort of this weird uh, impact on the grid. So in, in California, they have this uh, phenomenon known as the duck curve. So the duck curve, like is, the the bird in the water, like the duck curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and what the duck curve is, is it's, it's basically what the utility sees as their electricity demand um, throughout the day. So if you think about like in the morning, uh, sun's not out, but you, you get up, turn your lights on, uh, you know, do some things around the house, you go to work, sun comes out, the rooftop solar you might have on your roof is creating energy, uh, that's being sent to the grid. So from the grid's perspective, demand actually goes down in the middle of the day. Got it. Okay. And at the end of the day, sun goes down, you get home, turn on your lights again, maybe to turn the air conditioning on, demand spikes. And so they've got this real real problem developing now that they need to they need to accommodate those spikes. So that may be a place where energy storage fits in need uh, that's analogous or, or, or that fits with uh, renewable energy, but isn't necessarily you wouldn't necessarily have to have a renewable or an energy storage system in your house or in your garage. Um, so, but but they do sort of uh, fit together. But but the utility is really just trying to provide electricity and use energy storage as one of their tools. 
Awesome. All right. Well, before we move on, I wanted to once again give a shout out to our sponsor. Support for this podcast comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust and who has your best interests in mind. With Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get the mortgage approval in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that is right for you. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com forward slash fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS number, consumeraccess.org number 3030. Thanks again to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans for supporting our podcast. So, Mr. Hoyam, um, just to kind of recap, I'm surprised that um, this is more of a utility scale thing as opposed to uh, residential. I, I pictured, you know, just everybody going gangbusters and putting a power wall in the back of their garage, but everybody's disappointed, I guess. Um, so, which of these markets do you think is going to grow the, you know, the most quickly in the years ahead? And, um, you know, this is the Motley Fool. We like, you know, investing occasionally. Um, what what should investors be watching? Well, like we talked about, I think utility makes the most sense right now. Um, so that's actually, if you look at Tesla's uh, energy storage business, they're providing a lot of the batteries that are be- being put in place in the utility space. Uh, another com- few companies to watch uh, are that at least are dipping their toes into the, to the business, even if they don't have a big presence today, are companies like ABB, uh, GE, BYD is another one um, that'll be providing batteries as well. So that's that's really going to be uh, a big driver. The best, the biggest benefit utilities have is they have financial justification, so they can justify some sort of cost savings and get regulators to rate base those assets. So that's something that you know a homeowner might not have, or even a business might not have. So um, we're seeing we're seeing a little bit of traction in the commercial market, and it really depends on the jurisdiction. Um, STEM built a interesting virtual power plant uh, at a lot of commercial buildings um, recently in Hawaii. So that's who that's built that STEM. That you said STEM. STEM. Okay. So they're kind of a lead, leader in the commercial space, um, uh, but but they're still private yet. But they've got some partnerships with uh, with SunPower to work um, in the in that commercial space. So you know there's there's starting to be some ties between these innovative small companies and the public companies that are going to, that are going to be providing services or, or products to them. Um, so, yeah, I think those are some interesting markets. Residential is still probably years away from being a significant market. I mean, I know, you know, Elon Musk and Tesla like to talk about that being a really big market, but uh, I, I just don't see that being having a huge impact on them um, for a while. Sun Powers put some work into that, and so has Sunrun. So those are a couple companies to watch in uh, mm-hmm. providing energy storage services. But um, you know, it's just going to be kind of a small piece of their business that they're basically doing pilot programs on for now. So we'll see how that develops. But uh, it may not be the big impact that uh, the headlines would like to make you believe. Yeah, I'm actually kind of both surprised and disappointed. So um, how do I say this? So 
in your view, it is it's just not economical for you, you see picture a guy that, you know, obviously has a little bit of extra disposable income, but you know, they they own a Model S and they have some solar panels on their roof and you know, they may or may not have a power wall in the back of the garage. So right now it's just it doesn't make sense to have the solar panels on the roof charging up the power wall and then driving your Tesla home and charging it up with the free energy from your solar panels that are stored in the power wall. Right, right, and it and it sort of that was a mouthful, like by the way. <laughs> yeah, but but if you think about um, you know energy investments, have to have some sort of financial justification. I think that's something that we, you know, when you, when you combine tech with with energy, it's some, you sometimes kind of lose sight of that. But but solar, the reason that solar took off, especially in the residential space, is it provided a direct cost savings. So when Solar City was was booming they wouldn't sell their solar systems to people just because they were solar. They would go to them and say, hey, look, we can save you money on your electricity bill and, and set your costs for the next 20 years. So that's how they were selling their product. If you think about energy storage, there's no real way to do that. You, you could do some sort of energy arbitrage if you have time of use pricing, but time of use pricing just started in California you know, Hawaii's moving to that, so there's a little bit more justification for energy storage in Hawaii. But that's there's not a whole lot of places around the country where you can even do arbitrage. And then, you know, re- residential uh, homes don't have things like demand charges to justify cost savings with. So, so we really, your only justification is energy backup. And I don't know, I'm not going to spend $7,000 on a <laughs> just to have backup yeah. energy in case the lights go out. So it really doesn't matter because what you're talking about with the arbitrage is, you know, during the day when nobody's home, my ener- my energy costs ten cents or whatever, you know, and then it costs twenty cents at night, and that's not the case right now. So why bother? Exactly, exactly, and you know, even in the, in the continental U.S., energy prices are so low that the potential arbitrage opportunity is still years, if not you know, a decade away. If you go to a place like Hawaii, where electricity prices are about triple what they are, oh, gosh. Uh, you know, in the continent of the U.S., they're, they've changed their rates in such a way that if you're exporting solar electricity to the grid, they're going to pay you about 15 cents a kilowatt hour. If you're buying energy from the grid, you're going to pay 30 cents a kilowatt hour. So Yelza. these are ballpark numbers, not quite exact, but... Um, but you know that that fifteen cent arbitrage there, you, you it would maybe make sense for you to for sure. store your solar energy during the day and then use it at night because you're saving yourself fifteen cents every day. So, um, but but that just doesn't exist in most most states because energy only costs about twelve cents a kilowatt hour uh, across the U.S. Got it. So um, one of the other reasons, near as I can tell, um, you know, solar took off is also just it got way more efficient and cheaper. Um, so where is this energy storage technology headed in the future? So that's the, probably the best analogy to energy storage today. And solar panels. There's a mean. lot. Yeah. Th- there are a lot of opportunities that will open up as uh, energy storage costs come down. Uh, we're just still not there. It's sort of it's sort of the same thing with electric vehicles, where if if the cost of the battery in an electric vehicle was a quarter of what it is today, we would probably have a lot more electric vehicles on the road. For now sure. that that's coming, and I think you know if you look at investing in companies like Tesla, that's something that you're seeing on the horizon. the The challenge with energy storage is that we have to have those costs come down before companies are able to build a business model. And we don't know quite how that's going to work out. So I think of it like 
a snowball rolling downhill. We know it's going to get bigger, uh, but we don't know how big it's going to get, and we don't know where it's going to land. Got it. Okay. So uh, before we head out of here, I do want to give you the last word. Um, are you investing in energy storage in any way? How are you kind of viewing the landscape right now? Um, well, I'm invested in SunPower. Uh, I think they have at least an interesting um, strategy in energy storage. It's something that they'll be basically adding to their portfolio, but they're technology agnostic and, and, and supplier agnostic right now. So I think that's an advantage. Um, if we learned anything in the solar industry over the last decade, it's that building out a ton of capacity uh, to supply a market that you think is going to grow can end up backfiring because technology changes, cost structures change. So, so companies that are able to buy um, batteries from commodity suppliers are going to be in a really good position because then they can build a business model on top of that. So that's, that's really the only investment that I have that would be exposed to that space. Um, but I'm keeping an eye on a lot of companies. You know, Tesla will be really interesting to watch. They've taken a much more aggressive approach into uh, energy storage than anybody else. So I'm interested to see if is their cost structure competitive. Are they able to generate a high margin? Or are they just going to be competing with a commodity product with other companies? You know, that's kind of undefined right now. So. Awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's a space that's developing uh, really rapidly. There's a lot of innovation. Um, a lot of it's happening at private companies right now. So that's something I'm keeping an eye on, but we don't cover a lot at the Motley Fool. So, um, you know, but keep, everybody should keep tuned because this is coming. This is like solar was a decade ago. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to change a lot in the energy space. We just don't know quite how or who's going to win. Awesome. All right. Well, Travis, I can't thank you enough for your time and giving us a a call in. Yeah, thanks a lot. And that is it for us, folks. Be sure and tune in tomorrow for the Technology Show with Dylan Lewis. We also want to give a special shout out to our special guest producer, Heather Horton. We can't thank you enough. And if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Travis Hoyam, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! <laughs>